Hello? <laughs> Check one, two. Welcome to Rachel's Review Corner, volume mm, probably three or four, uh, starring my host. Hi, I'm Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> and this is your... This is my review corner. <laughs> and as is such, you're kind of jammed into a corner right now, Yeah, too. I don't know why I chose to sit in the corner right now. Well, that's where I set the mic up, um, but also it's very appropriate for Rachel's review corner. <laughs> I do have to say, this is our second, like, semi-girl power-ish movie um, for Rachel's review corner, and I feel, especially after watching this movie, like, I am kind of, like taking over your show because I'm like the host of Rachel's Review Corner because I kind of like am the one talking most of the time but like would you like to be the host of Rachel's Review Corner and, and like intro and be like hi I'm Rachel and this is my you're already checking your watch we're what we're 35 fucking seconds <laughs> I was, into I was this. just gonna say maybe next time maybe I'll take the lead but it's way past my bedtime and okay. I'm sleepy okay so you want me to take the reins here yeah take the reins um so tonight we went and saw um the 2020 picture the invisible man the invisible man um and we're gonna try not to spoil too much of this because this is a new one uh, everyone's going to be rushing to A, see this movie, and B, listen to Rachel's review corner about it. Maybe even before they see it. So let's not like ruin anyone's experiences in particular. Okay. Even though I think there were a lot of twisties and twisteroos in this movie that were worth talking about. But we can't do that. We can't ruin people's experience on Rachel's review corner. Okay. Uh, they just want to hear your hot takes. That's what people are tuning in for. Week by week. Should we hear your hot take on it first? Do you want to? Would that make you feel more comfortable? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I really love this movie a lot. Me I thought, too. I thought it was so awesome. Um, and that's it. <laughs> All right. This has been Rachel's Review Corner uh, for uh, the Movie Blues podcast. No, I, I thought it was really good. I was kind of, in the beginning, feeling a little unsure about it because it felt like kind of like any other spooky ghost haunting someone type scenario and I didn't know if they were going to basically shoehorn the whole premise of the invisible man into like a haunted house type of like the conjuring type of uh horror movie but it only was that in little pieces it it had its own thing and its own tone going on and I really liked what they did with it I don't know if you know this or not but the invisible man was a movie in the 1930s as part oh, of a group of movies called the Universal Monster Movies, which were Frankenstein, Dracula, The Invisible Man, The Wolfman, and The Mummy, um, all of which have been remade a trillion bajillion times over um, and are usually pretty bad. And especially in the past 20 or 30 years, they keep trying to reboot those movies and no one can ever think of like a good enough idea to like make them work. And this one had a couple things going for it that were totally different. One being that it really wasn't told from the point of view of the Invisible Man. So you see like a movie like Hollow Man or like other Invisible Man type stories. It's kind of about the guy who becomes invisible. So this was about Morley, uh, someone who is in a relationship with somebody that becomes invisible. And it happens to be an extremely toxic relationship. Um, so the movie got to be a huge comment on um, being in an abusive relationship, being in an emotionally manipulative relationship. And it got to do that under the guise of being a horror movie, which is, I think, 
typically the best horror movies do that. Like Hereditary is not about a demon as much as it's about grief or, right. um, you know, some of the, you know, uh, the Jordan Peele movie Get Out mm -hmm. that everybody loved. That wasn't just about, you know, white people who were experimenting on black people. It was a comment on race and this had its own thing to say. And of course, we're in like the Me Too era, which I think this movie exists in very plainly, but it doesn't do it to death and I didn't feel like I was being like preached to about like how mm -hmm. evil men were or anything like that. Felt like just classic good old horror and I liked it a lot. That was a very good review. What would you what would you think? <laughs> and that say? was Rachel's review. And that corner. was Rachel's <laughs> review corner uh, as dictated by her husband. <laughs> you must agree. Um, <laughs> I agree with everything you just said and yeah. I thought it was an amazing movie and Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Oh my God. Did a okay. Fantastic job in her. She did. In her role, she was very, uh, very sad and very scared, like she often is in *Handmaid's Tale*. Mm -hmm. Um, she has a very good look down for that. Um. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of like when we were watching it. I kept thinking, okay, whoever cast her in this like knew that she played a really good, highly oppressed person. Yeah. <laughs> highly stressed and oppressed person like she did in Handmaid's Tale, so there was a lot of that. Um, and there were some really cool twists and turns that I didn't see coming, and mm -hmm. like the camera work was like really cool with the whole theme of like the Invisible Man, like what they were able to do to kind of make her seem like she was going crazy and everything was her fault so that mm -hmm. was it was just all really cool and it was really scary and I screamed like ah like in the theater a few times <laughs> but like everyone was doing it so it's fine you had your eyes closed uh, quite a few times not as much as like some movies where you're like literally turn yourself into a pretzel so that you can't see the TV <laughs> uh, but I did see you covering uh, for shelter a few times yeah but I do different forms of like I am yeah. peeking through my fingers but sometimes I want to see like through part of a crack of my fingers there's like the Rachel's interested still but can barely look at the images on screen <laughs> where you're like like you said peering through the fingers and then there's like a different like well, I can't remember we watched a movie sometimes I close my ears and eyes yeah, I we, just want no part of it we watched a movie <laughs> A uh, couple days ago, I think, that, that had such a horrific moment in it. You're, you're like an ostrich that puts its head, head in the sand. <laughs> yeah. That's like what you basically want to do. And there are some movies we watch where you do that for such a sustained period of time that we just have to stop watching them. Because yeah, you're, I think you're it's so to buried. a certain point. There's just no point of me even being there with the movie. <laughs> might as well switch it. Too yucky, as you would say. But this film was not like that. Like I, I didn't yeah. realize once I started... Closing my eyes, I realized that it, the, the scenes were really beautiful, even when they were scary and I wanted to see them. They weren't like super gory right. or like really disgusting or like so frightening that you couldn't look at it. It was more um, a psychological thriller. It really had every kind of like thriller and horror aspect of it, from gory to sci fi, even. I mean, yeah. there, I don't want to spoil it completely, but just, just so you know, all other iterations of The Invisible Man involve a guy who turns his body invisible. Um, it's like irreversible in most cases, and they can't control it. So they're kind of as lost as you are in that scenario, where in this movie, the guy had a level of control over his invisibility. I'm not really gonna spoil how or why, but the way that they represented that was really cool, and just the way he looked, and the special effects, which were really sparse, 
but used really well. Mm-hmm. Whereas like there, there's a movie I mentioned before called Hollow Man, which is like the last time they did a huge big budget movie where a guy goes invisible. And it was ridiculous. He was like literally going around squeezing people's boobs and like <laughs> blowing up labs and like doing all sorts of insane shit. This one was more subtle. Um, and part of that subtlety was like, like you said when we left the theater, like he's always watching, babe. <laughs> Where like in the first, you know, 15 to 20 scenes of the movie, the camera's kind of panning over people's shoulders and like looking into places where there's nothing. And just to say to the audience, like, he's probably right there. <laughs> and they they did the same thing, you know, they're trying to make it seem as if she's paranoid and mm-hmm. they do, they, in some way, it has the same effect on the audience where you feel paranoid as well because now you don't know where he is either and I, I thought that that was all represented really well. It was like one of the, one of the better, um, horror theater experiences since like Quiet Place because yeah. Quiet Place was like everyone literally had to shut up um, but even in that movie you knew when things were coming like if someone made a noise this was great because you had to shut up and you didn't know if you were looking right at him right and you didn't know like yeah I mean I some of the reviews I read said like he'll be like checking around the room later and <laughs> oh, like God. I'm already feeling like stop don't talk about that gonna be <laughs> visited by invisible people tonight. Yeah, I like that they did a lot of scenes where they sh- they would just like pan the camera over to the corner over and over again and then nothing would be nothing yeah. would show up there. I was expecting like there would be a little pitter-patter or something to, to and then it would just go back to the the scene so you're just like was he there? Was he not there? Mm-hmm. Spooky. Some of the stuff towards the end of the movie like the very end of the movie I do have some questions about. I have some questions about the plot and some potential really large plot holes that I haven't totally made sense of yet. I guess I'll have to ask you afterwards. Okay. But um, safe to say, some of the twists towards the end, I, it got a little heavy, heavy-handed with me. And like, I really liked where they were at around the two-thirds point, and just the last like ten or so minutes, I found to be a little anticlimactic. Um, but overall, I really did enjoy it. Um, how many Golden Rachels would you give this one, Rach? 9.5. Po- That's the classic Rach. <laughs> lobbing it in at 9.5. Um, I love everything. I There were parts of this movie that I was like up to a 9, and then parts of this movie where I was back down to like an 8.5. I would say this is somewhere between an, uh, an 8.5 and an 8.95 Golden Rachels. Mm. <laughs> um, okay but um yeah I suggest seeing that it was very good it was good to see in theaters it wasn't terrible uh, I did have a, like a lady who was pretty much narrating the entire movie sitting next to me <laughs> there was a lot of oh don't go in there <laughs> and a lot of what'd she say what'd she do <laughs> um, true other, story other than that um also the woman next to me that I'm now speaking about uh, openly here is had a cell phone that when she had it set so that when she got any kind of text message or notification her uh, flash on her camera would actually flash once or twice and she let that happen about 15 times in the first 20 minutes of the movie and I didn't think that I was going to enjoy the movie because this woman was really fucking with my head state and was snacking had a fur coat yeah. And then had a bag of popcorn under her fur coat <laughs> that she was like snacking. She was like, you'd just see her hand come out of the coat and she'd be like, 
<laughs> and then her hand would come out of the coach and be like, <laughs> um, so that was very disturbing. I didn't like that very much either. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. What do you think, Rage? I think it's my bedtime. I think um, I do. I, I kind of want to ask you about the other two movies we watched this week. Um, but not to a, a great extent. Can we do like a one sentence review maybe for yeah. the, the other two movies you watched this week? Um, both of them were about rich, eccentric families. Both of them were about murders and mysteries. Rachel's stop, rubbing, stop, rubbing her temples stop, right now. Stop. <laughs> stop, you want me to stop the tape? Please cut. <laughs> okay, it's only been, it's been like less than a week for both of these. I'm not okay, panicking listen, now, listen. I can't think Don't panic, don't panic. So we watched two movies this past week. Um, so listen, it's a long okay, week. listen, just relax your mind, relax your mind. Let the answers come to you. I'm crying. Okay, the first movie that we watched was a murder mystery with a southern detective yes, who was investigating was a family um, with James Bond, with Daniel Craig, <laughs> who plays James Bond. And um, the basic plot of that movie was uh, that he was investigating a murder uh, of the patriarch of the family, who was a murder mystery writer. Uh, he had a chair in his study with a bunch of knives. Yeah, I, I stuck I, to it. And the movie was called Knives Out. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think of Knives Out, Rach? I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was pretty wonderful, too. It was probably not my favorite of the three movies that we watched this week, which now you're, again, you're stuck in a, a, a third loop trying to figure out what the final movie was. Will Rachel remember the movie that we watched 48 hours ago? Stop. I, I, I can't even picture like listen, the scenes listen. of the movie. I'm thinking about the is outsiders. It's about another rich, uh, crazy family. This time, a woman's getting married into the family, and oh. she has to play a game of hide and seek. Wow. Yeah. And the name yeah. of the film was, what do you yell at the end of hide and seek? <laughs> what? Like, found you? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a babysitter and a teacher, by the way. That we're talking and and a professional child keeper. Gotcha. Um, Was that no, 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 no. When you go to uh... <laughs> gotcha. No, when you go to like go searching, when you okay. yell out to the Ready house. Ready or not, here I oh, come. Stop. It's called Ready, Ready or Not. <laughs> okay. Copyright 2020. And what did you think of Ready or Not? Do you remember it enough to comment on it? I loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it was great movies all around. Golden lately. Rachel rating was, I'm going to guess for you, 9 point. Nah, nah I'd say no. this was like 7.8. Ready or Not was my probably my second favorite of okay. the three movies. I did really enjoy it. It was really funny. Yeah, it was really And good. like super goofy. And I don't remember very much about it. But I do remember I did like, it, uh, it was like starring not Mar Margot Robbie. Yeah. It was like another mousy, hot Australian woman mm -hmm. uh, doing an American accent. And it was good. And it was like zany, violent, whimsical, good time. Yes. I enjoyed Agreed. that one a lot. Thanks for showing me that one, right? <laughs> You're welcome. I have a good uh, for, selection of movies. Thanks for bit-torning and downloading in our basement. that movie <laughs> for me to watch. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Love you, honey. I love you, too. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess with that, you know what? Why don't you take it out? Because this is like your show now. I'd like to say goodnight to all of my fans. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Podcast. Welcome to the Movie Blues side piece, our uh, fireside chat that we have with one another in between major episodes about minor things and things that are, you know, you know, on people's radars that they're talking about. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, why do the Dans want to talk about another Kevin Smith movie when they could talk about Joker? But instead, so. this week, we're going to talk about Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, we're going to talk about Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> um, Barry Pepper. Um, so, uh, on today's side piece... Buttigieg is aesthetic in all the ways that Barry Pepper is not. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said Buttigieg is aesthetic, but that's incredible. Have you seen his doughy eyes? I mean, he looks like the Mad Magazine guy. Dude, Pete Buttigieg is, to a, life. is a caricature of a liberal wet dream. Did you see the video of the Pete fan who was at one of his rallies? I didn't know he was gay. I didn't and know he was gay. Exquisite. Like, huh, like <laughs> That was so funny. Look that clip like, up, guys, if dude, you want something that, funny like, to Like, inject that right into my veins. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, like, cringe to a, a different degree, for sure. Um, so, today on the side piece, we're going to talk oh, about... Oh, he's one of them figs! <laughs> oh my god uh, we're gonna talk about some movies that fell under the radar in our time off in between seasons and some movies that are from recent times and that you should see or talk about or do things now coincidentally I'm still sick three episodes later Dan is still sick we don't know when this is gonna end um, speaking of things that should have ended how did you like El Camino a Netflix Breaking Bad joint I didn't <laughs> Uh, me neither. Uh, I thought it was bad. Yeah, I thought it was... And unnecessary. In all ways, unsatisfying. Well shot, well mounted as a production. I didn't even feel it was well shot. I thought it looked like shit. Yeah, I guess compared to Breaking Bad, it, it tried to do that thing that, t- that movies based on TV shows try to do way too often, where like it's like you have to pick your fucking lane. Do you want the thing to look like a movie, or do you want the thing to look like a fucking episode? Don't try to fucking teeter toe in the middle. Yeah, this is why Mighty Mothrin Power Rangers the movie is so fucking successful. I also want to mention when Dan every time he mentions that I'm going to mention X Files the movie Fight the Future, which I think is one of the finest TV to movie adaptations from the '90s ever, and that is a great example, much as Power Rangers is, of taking the original aesthetic of the show and pumping fucking cinematic movie bliss into it. Like um, X Files Fight the Future might be like one of the best sci-fi movies ever made. I think in the end of the day. Someone's going to say I'm an idiot for saying that. <laughs> uh, have you seen that movie? Did you Not, watch the show? Yes. Yes, I've watched the show. Yes, I've watched the movie, but I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Just a quick note about X-Files Fight the Future. I mean, the show is obviously about a lot of different mysteries that never got wrapped Strong up. Strong prequel to Californication. Um, yeah, this is, again, like we were talking about in the reboot episode, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, this is a prequel to Speaking of which, the girl from Californication has showed up in a hilarious role in this season of Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, really? Yeah. The one who looks like, like a frog, kind of? Yeah, so now she's like a tall frog. Is she hot, dude? Tell me. No. She looks she exactly the new, same. Is she my new geek goddess i mean probably any have you watched the current season of marvelous miss Maisel? no have you watched any seasons of marvelous Miss? one and a half okay well you'll get there but knowing that she's in it i want to watch the show she she plays like a fucking like stupid 50 like 50s communist like who's like really doesn't know shit who read like the communist manifesto one time and thinks she's like doing something important but like she's just an idiot and that's our review of el camino <laughs> a breaking bad film oh, yeah. um dude i we re- we rewatched the entirety of breaking bad to lead up yeah to el camino. that was a huge mistake it wasn't ter- because it was a magical experience well in terms of like 
pump up. Uh, your ability to watch El Camino and enjoy it, that's the mistake yeah. because you set yourself up right. for that one. Right. So, well, I will say this was... It's no better to do what I did where it was so... F it had been a few years at the very least since I finished For sure, it. that would have been the better move. And, and as a result, I was able to subsist on a little bit more Breaking Bad. Yeah. Whereas if you had just binged Breaking Bad... Bad, this was the, bad this was the fourth this. time I've watched all of Breaking Bad. It's just you have Jesse Pinkman that like had a resolution against a troop of Nazis who was keeping him captive. There was a machine gun. Literally, there was explosions. The most perfect ending for a main character yeah. that I've ever seen in and then television you follow history. Followed up with him, him just driving away. Again, yeah, like, him with... driving away in that fucking in that car is such a magnificent ending to a series and a character arc. And then it's two hours of just like. Jesse peeking around corners, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, we know he's a fucking fugitive. I don't need to fucking. It just didn't it's, need to exist, man. I got, I, I can't believe that something so made forgettable. by what's his name, Vince Gilligan. Yeah. I can't believe that he of made X Files fame. Yeah, right. I can't much, much like, uh, uh, Brian Cranston from X Files. Yep. Brian Cranston? Yeah. Who was he in the X Files? He's in like a episode arc in like season three. Holy shit. That Vince Gilligan directed. That's where he got remembered him from. Oh, I don't remember. Um Okay. Either way. Cool. I, I can't believe that he made something so fucking purposeless. Yeah. Uh I don't know I don't know why he did this to himself, but here's the thing. It was received well enough that it didn't tarnish the legacy of Breaking Bad. It wasn't a controversial enough plot that it really upended things, but it just was not needed. No. Just and, not needed. And and it was a lesser conflict than the one that the show ended with, which if you're going to come back right, to the story, right. either make it super personal story where yeah. it isn't an action movie yeah. at all. Or make it fucking or high stakes as fuck. Insane. And also like, make it like the, Jesse actor, the actor who to. plays Todd, like pay him enough to go on a fucking like diet, diet. regimen. Like what <laughs> the looked, fuck was massive. that? Harrowing. Yeah, he's a large man. <laughs> like, I hate when they just, he's act. increasing. They want us to just look past that. Yeah, but it's at the same time, what are they going to do? Like, special effects him out? I mean... Oh, make him get a diet. Real actors fucking just exercise. He is a fantastic actor, though. I do love him. He is great in everything I see him in. Um, but, yeah, he, he didn't look right. I just right. feel he like... Didn't... And neither did Mike. Mike looks 78 years older right. than even the yeah. last time we saw yeah, him when totally. he was 78. Totally. So it was fucking and, ridiculous. And, and Casper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone looked like shit. Yeah. The movie looked... Except just... Jesse. It, he's, yeah. He's a hell of a fella. It looked fella. rushed to be made. It just felt like they shot it in a weekend. Yeah, it felt totally, like they were like, "Here's totally. a fun little one-off." It, it was thing. like a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like it was <laughs> right, but like it's fucking, it's right. the fucking sequel to Breaking Bad, one of yeah, the greatest I, series of all I time. I guess you like, can't look at it as a sequel to Breaking Bad. It's a continuation of just Jesse's story. And I, I texted you during where it's like you've made comments in the past about like no one wants to see a movie just about Robin, mm -hmm. and like I. I, I think you, you that. said that when they announced El Camino, and yeah. I was like, I think Jesse's a strong enough character that it'll hold its own. Nope. 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 Jesse's only good as a foil to Yeah, I, I, exactly. That's exactly. The... And, like, that dynamic <laughs> is just an incredible dynamic because they're both pieces of shit, but Jesse, really, it's like, by the end, Walter is Jesse's foil. Right. And there's nothing for him to bounce off. Like, I don't give a fuck about Jesse. Like, Jesse's interactions with Skinny Pete and Jasper are, like, the comedic relief to the real relationship, like, relational trauma of the rest of the show. Sure. 
that's the only relationship that matters in this movie. Right. Is them is like there's that one nice moment where like Skinny Pete's like, "Cause you're my fucking hero, dog." Like, that's stupid. I'm just like, dude. And first of all, the trailer to the movie that shows Skinny Pete in police custody, yeah, talking about Jesse Pinkman is not in the movie, and and what, yeah, what the what, fuck was that? What is annoying about that is that like the most annoying thing about that is that that scene from the trailer tees it up as if there's going to be a massive police manhunt right going on for jesse so i'm picturing kind of you ever see the professional yeah i'm leon, picturing leon. i'm picturing yeah. like leon where he's like holed up and the cops are after him and like yeah. that kind of tension what, and instead what, are, it was what like, are your feelings of natalie portman in that movie i this it's my favorite movie probably of all time really leon it's, it's, it's in my nice. top three it used to be my favorite film of all time and it's rotated I, out it's such a um, but it is the the quintessential action film. Yeah. If you want to show I, I, an alien adore that from space an action movie, you show them that movie. Yeah. Because agreed. it has action that is purposeful to the plot. It has characters that are purposeful to the action. There's a reasoning why these characters are using violence because they're violent people. And yeah. all it's just a per, it's and like Predator or like it's just a perfect action. Movie. And it's funny you that can't, you jump to the action of it. Whereas when I think of that movie, I think about it's impeccable use of silence and stretches where nothing happens yeah like it's gorgeous every it's, element it's is a balanced perfectly, perfectly balanced yeah, yes yeah balanced perfectly yeah 10 out of 10 and gary fucking oldman yeah. everyone <laughs> um gary like, oldman is a god we just movie. don't get movies like that anymore they just don't exist like, and what's incredible is to watch the director of that film how how many times over he tried to imitate himself what else did he make oh my god I don't even have it's it the list is unending first of all Luke Besson who is the, the guy that directed it went on to direct The Fifth Element which kind of low-key ruined his career in the sense that it was huge cult following but didn't make his money back Man. and then he turned into more of a producer and if you go to his IMDB you will see a hundred fifty movies from the transporter to Lucy to they're all the same movie. Yeah. It's about an overpowered person fighting against like blah 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 blah. It's strong female I think the, characters. I think the first transporter movie is quality. I I would have to rewatch it. I can't really speak to it, but that's back when like I I thought Jason Statham was legitimately incredible. Right. Um, off a of snatch, I was like, yeah. he he's an incredible actor, but yeah, he's a clown now. So yeah. I I don't know. Um, Talk but, about a blessing and a curse that is Crank Two High Voltage. Because that movie fully <laughs> blessing full, for me, yeah, surely. blessing for me, curse for his perception. <laughs> uh, that um, you know, I, I just think that um, El Camino is pretty much just like just like a wart. I don't even remember what happens at the end. I literally do you watch Better Call Saul? Because uh, I love Better Call Saul. So it is great. You gotta really give it time, dude. So I watched. We've watched two seasons of Better Call Saul. I've been bored to tears every single episode that I've watched it. It It's slow. The first season I watched weekly as it aired. Mm. Bored to tears. Yes. Started watching the second season. Slightly less bored to tears. Agreed. Then didn't touch it again for another year and a half. We watched El Camino and then we're like, fuck it, let's give it another shot. We watched like another two episodes and like someday we're going to get through this show. It gets very good. I just like don't care. I do. I do. And, and the dynamic between him and his brother becomes central, and they become diametrically opposed against each other, and then it becomes very similar to Breaking Bad in its tension, its presentation. But I will agree, the first season, I watched the first episodes as they came out, 
I thought they were very, very boring, and I actually stopped watching the show entirely. Then I went back, I tried to watch it again. I did the same thing as you. At some point, it clicked. Yeah. It was somewhere in the third season, I guess, I'm from like, what you're saying. Away. But like when you see that the show becomes much as Hank Schrader against Walt or Jesse against Walt, this very much becomes Jimmy McGill versus his brother and Jimmy McGill versus himself, which are two I've, incredible battles to watch play I've out. Been it just takes struggling. forever to pick up traction. You know, when Breaking Bad started, I was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to see Brian Cranston as anyone other than Malcolm's dad from out from the middle. Right. And he fucking engrossed himself in that character, and now I see him, and I can't think of him as anyone other than Walter White. I cannot watch Better Call Saul and not see Michael McKeon as oh, right. every fucking character well, I've known is, him from his uh, he whole is life. He like, just a very polarizing person at this point because he's been in absolutely everything. Yeah, and it, he's like, like Jeff Gold, Goldblum his, where his it's like He's always himself. Yes, except Jeff Goldblum is way sexier. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And he wears very smart suits. He's like one of the smartest dressers of all time, <laughs> yeah. as we've mentioned in this pod before. <laughs> um, all right. Baby goes down. It's enough about El Camino. Um, I just want to talk about yeah, the Irishman Wait, what's, what's, your, what's your golden gun rating for El Camino? Ooh, for El Camino? Yeah. Like a 6.5. Cool, I was going to say 6. And that's all aesthetics, cinematography, acting. Yeah. Um, I give it a six because the Aaron where, Paul's right acting is great. The writing is where they lost the thread on that one. They yeah. didn't they didn't craft how? an interesting enough reason for him to come back other than I, you miss him. I just don't understand how Vince Gilligan like he didn't write that script by himself. No. I don't understand how he saw that and then was not it. like was he not like there needs to be more. It was like a class reunion. They just had fun with yeah. it. And they spent some time together and they made something. It's it's not horrible. Obviously watch it if you've seen Breaking Bad. Don't ignore I, it. It's I never thought bad. there was going to be a world where there was going to be more to the Breaking Bad world that I wasn't going to yeah. want to rewatch. And so far oh. there's been Better Call Saul that like I can't, like it's like I have to force myself I do to watch. Better Call Saul. And there's awesome. been this that like I left being like, dude, it ended and Cap just turned to me and was just like, huh. <laughs> what did you think? Yeah. And I was like, Eh. Uh, we it went by in a flash. That was a movie that we watched. It was like taking a shot. It was there and it was gone. Um, so, uh, I'm going to talk for a second about The Irishman, which you have not seen yet. Nope. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. In that time frame, I did rewatch Gangs in New York, however. I'm not going to say <laughs> anything, uh, you know, about... I know a lot of people didn't like the movie. I don't want to really like piss them off or anything. Who really cares? But at the same point, I have this to say. It's fucking Martin Scorsese. And it's fucking amazing, and you fucking love it. And it's it's the greatest American fucking filmmaker alive. Yeah, he made The Aviator. And he fucking crushes it, and you will watch his movie and not disrespect it, sirs and ma'ams. All these people saying, oh, it's too long. Oh, I can't. Oh, it's too long. Your fucking fat ass watched 13 seasons of, like... NCIS. NCIS Palm Beach. <laughs> so fucking put a little time in, pour a drink, and watch the greatest filmmakers and actors of all time combine to make a pornographically boring movie. Yeah, there's, I could count on one hand the amount of directors that I would look at a runtime for a movie and see three and a half hours and be like, that's fine. Who cares? Scorsese, number one, for sure, don't give a shit. Until recently, Paul Thomas Anderson would have been there. <sighs> don't even, please don't get me started about PTA. Okay. Because like, he's broken my heart. Yeah. 
But like everyone, everyone fucking ripped on there will be blood for being long and boring. There will be blood, definitely in there my top five blood favorite movies I've ever seen. Amazing, The Master. I fucking hated that movie yeah. a lot. The Master. I feel like you're gonna agree with me on this. Ten thousand. Fuck days. The Master. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people that absolutely loved it, and those are people who are like. Those are people who really <laughs> think they're way smarter than they are. Um, we have an episode coming up uh, with a movie called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it kind of falls into the same category of like you are just giving something a pass because it's just made by somebody that you think is yeah. cool as fuck yeah that and it, you it's are not... intellectual to be a fan of that guy yeah it's it's pure intellect it's yeah. like i went to film school so i must love this movie yeah. that being it's said, like it's like there are people who like you know whatever i was about to make such a fucking spe- specific he... there are people who like won't shit on any kurosawa films because it's Kurosawa, but like he made some fucking the dude made a hundred films, some of them are junk. Same yeah. with Fellini, everyone makes some shit. Everyone makes shit. Yeah. Spielberg did. Scorsese made Scorsese. the fucking Aviator. The Aviator is bad, but it's not like No, it is bad. It's not like Yoga Hosers. You know what I mean? No. There it's like a well made film. Scorsese it's just bad. tried to make a film as bad as Yoga Hosers. He would trip over himself and make something ten times better than Yoga Hosers just by the fact that, like, while he's in a fever dream, he has more skill at filmmaking than Kevin Smith Even does. Even his duds, I think, are incredible. Like, like Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> The Irishman uh, was fantastic. I, full disclosure, did watch it in about 25 sittings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, I really loved it. And it was great. It was no casino. It was no Goodfellas. Uh, it was no Cape Fear, even. But it was a fantastic yeah, movie. Nor was it his best film, Gags in New York. Um, to anybody that says that the, anti- the aging thing was distracting or bad or anything like that... Clearly hasn't watched Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Rise of Skywalker had a age back that was fucking yeah. terrible which i recently just saw uh how they did that that their faces in the scene where it's young uh luke and leia yeah. training in the woods that's fully his face from a, a scene from empire strikes back and that's fully her face from the Endor scene at the end of return of the jedi they literally just like <laughs> took them off popped them on and it did not look right at all <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. <laughs> bruh um bruh. Uh, in the same vein as The Irishman, uh, did you also not see The Joker, or have you seen The Joker by now? I have not seen The Joker. Christ almighty, man. Okay, well, these are things you'll have is, to pick up. I mean, isn't the, is The Joker even out of theaters yet? I own it on DVD upstairs. Cool. Well, I mean, I own it on my hard drive. That's cool. You should I, watch I it. I don't have, like, this love for Batman that everyone has. I'm not, like... It's not really a Batman. I don't, I don't it's like... It's barely a Batman. And, like... I don't have, like... You're watching the movie to watch Joaquin Phoenix fucking knock a home run out of the Yeah. Movie. That's it, it. It's on the list, man. It's just there's so many fucking things on the list. Since I've well, had... Why don't you stop seeing, like, Opeth and start, like, seeing real art like Joker? <laughs> <laughs> just for you guys listening at home, I just got the biggest eyebrow raise I think I've ever gotten from this podcast. Um, Dan's pretty upset. <laughs> He's going to his quiet place now. Um... Uh, so I guess you can't really talk about that. I mean, I did love that. Um, what we can talk about are two things. One which that we watched together. You want, you want to know what movie? Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. And one say, which it's not like I haven't been have watching movies. I've just had such a long fucking list of movies. Everyone needs to know that I've been spending all my time starting a fucking band. Starting a band takes some fucking time. Oh, I've been watching movies. I've been watching movies. Listen, I have a whole list of shit movies that I've watched here. I'm, right. getting, I'm getting through them slowly. Fucking let's do this. You you list some movies you watched. We watched Toy Story 4. Yeah, ugh, yikes. And what the fuck was that? 
It was the El Camino of Toy Story movies. It was one too far. Why would they feel as if after Toy Story 3 they would ever need to make another one? What a waste. You have the most successful CGI franchise of all time that made its whole fucking bones by, at most, showing humans on screen and toys interacting with humans for 0.1% of the entire franchise and then make an entire movie that the whole fucking... Uh, climax scene is the toys fucking being wacky, little rascals-esque fucking farce. Just Rachel and I did not finish the movie. We uh, did the the new 2020 millennial version of walking out of something where you just look at your significant other and go, can we stop watching this? Dude, and then it, you turn it off. It was it. not good. It was terrible. No, it wasn't, it wasn't ter- terrible. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't good. There's no terrible exist. Pixar movies. No, yeah. what, what's a terrible Pixar movie? Planes, Cars 1 is, through 3. Is that a movie, Planes? Yes, Planes. Just say that to yourself. <laughs> what the fuck is Pla- that? It's a spinoff of Cars, where okay. planes race. Which, by the way, just dangerous. on its face, dangerous and doesn't <laughs> exist. There's no such thing gonna as a plane say, race, I was gonna say, Pixar. I was going to say, I've never seen any sequels to Cars. The first Cars is my least favorite Pixar movie, but it's still yeah. fine. Okay, fine. But I like, you'd say fire. No, but like... Dude, this Toy Story movie was... And there were... It was just... There were moments that were terrifying. Like, I just am not sure who this movie is for. Like, oh, the it, it's, enemies were, it's like, clearly, very morbid it's and for, terrifying. It's for us. It's for kids who went to see the first Toy Story movie as a kid. It's for 30-year-old bearded man but children like, that want to cry about a toy. But Toy Story 3, <laughs> I think, was the best Toy Story by far. And I cried at the end of it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> this one... That's they were like, they were like, all right, our target demographic really is actually adults now. Let's get super fucking weird. We'll have, we'll still have the toys as a backdrop for like, for them to bring their kids. But like, I wouldn't have wanted to bring my kids to that movie. It was fucking chilling at moments. <laughs> um, Dan and I, speaking of chilling, uh, actually watched a movie together that we never even got into. Did we? Uh, yeah, we did. Oh, we're going way back. <laughs> we're going way back. The last movie Dan and I watched in the same room with each other was Rocket Man, starring Taron Edgerton as uh, Elton John. Uh, How did we wow. end up in a scenario so where we were watching we, Rocket Man? We were like super drunk and like all of your friends. Left. It was your housewarming and everyone yeah. left. Besides everyone us. left. It was like twelve o'clock. We were like, let's just throw on a movie, yeah. wind down. So I wanted to pick something that, you know, okay, we're both musicians. Okay, we both like, you know, laughing at things. And I thought it was going to be, you know, I'd heard it was like this fantastic movie because Bohemian Rhapsody came out. I liked it, but not as much as everyone hated it. I didn't think it was great, but I also don't think it was like this like abortion of science that people have made it out to me. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, everyone said this is so much better. This is so much better than that. It'll just, like, wipe the palette from that movie. Uh, you'll be, like, transported into Elton John's, like, whimsical gay nightmare or whatever. <laughs> whatever. And, uh... <laughs> Dad's, gonna, Dad's gonna spit up water here. <laughs> he's, 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 he's trying to hold it in. No. We're good. He swallowed. He's good. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, whimsical gay nightmare it was because we watched it. And it was, it was like, um, an you episode... You better be playing the bitches back under here. It's like an episode of Glee did a gag or a coke and, like, wandered into a nightclub and threw up. And I want to make clear that, like, I have exactly zero biases against Elton John. In I fact, love Elton John. In the last couple years, I have spent an exorbitant amount of money on tickets to go see Elton John. 
The movie was mounted. I'm a massive like Elton a, John fan. The movie is mounted like a musical, which I think is a really wrong-headed yeah, approach that was for covering a musician. A huge mistake. Like when you have the child version. It was like Jersey Boys, but like. Yeah, it, it was like. But not only that, but like even the um, even the singing and the performances were all extremely like glee like feeling, like very too clean yeah. and, and very musical in, new in, age in millennial. In scenes where the where the content of what was happening is exceptionally dark. Like if we had just had that movie yeah. where it's like there's this whole the whole first act is like his fucking his interaction with his father. It's like a semi-abusive relationship. It's like his poor upbringing. It's a very awkward household as they just burst into this like cavalcade of color and just song and dance. It just does not work. It did not work, and it made me sad. Yeah, it made me really sad. And we watched. Quite Although a bit there was, and then it just jumps ahead to him being <laughs> just like a cokehead drunk asshole. Well, at one point you had to leave, and you like packed your shit up, and and we're like, we're not watching this anymore. We're going home. And you guys left, <laughs> and and the scene after you walked out the door was him getting married to a woman, and it was so left field. Like no, he got married to a woman while we were still there. Oh really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I missed that front part of it because it just felt very out of place. Like yeah. They hadn't teed it up at all. He was like, "I'm married," and I was like, "What? That to what to a what?" <laughs> Um, it was bad. Yeah. I would give that one a, like, a three and a half out of ten. I wouldn't give it that much, because I thought... You wouldn't give it that no, much? No, no, I wouldn't give it that little. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, just because, like, I didn't go into it expecting anything. Like, I feel like that movie accomplished exactly what it set out to do, which was, like, make my mom cry. <laughs> Which like that movie? Mission accomplished. That for movie me too, then. was not meant for. <laughs> that movie was not meant to be analyzed on a cinematic level. That movie was meant to be a celebration of Elton John's songs, which it was, and it was meant to show that like this larger than life figure is actually human and comes from like an interesting background, which to some degree I feel it succeeded in. I just thought it was boring as fuck, and like I've. <laughs> Like, I don't need to see people, like, I don't need to see, like, his abusive manager, like, yelling at him and calling him a fag after he blows him. That, like, dude, <laughs> I forgot about that relationship. <laughs> it was so weird. I couldn't say it any better than you just did. So, yeah, we both disliked that movie. It was kind of like the musical Dunkirk for us to hate on. <laughs> no, no, I hated Dunkirk way more than that movie. You hated it more than this? Yeah, yeah. That was ruthless. Because Dunkirk was supposed to be good. I went into this thinking it was going to be terrible, well, and then I thought it was, it was terrible. I, no, I went into this thinking it was supposed to be good. I heard it was great, even. Yeah. Gotta go see it. I fucking... Go see Rocket I Man. musicals. Yeah, I mean, I Besides like, Bye I, Bye but, Birdie. But, distinction, I love movies about music. I love, like, Ray and, like, the Joy yeah. Division movie and shit like that. But this was not that. Ray is really If they would have just done that for this, maybe there would have been a shot... But again, this was mounted as if it were a musical. Yeah. And people, like, would break into song who, like, Elton John as a child breaks into the bitches back. Yeah. What the fuck was that? Which made so little sense. Like, it was so early into the movie that I was like, oh, no. It was so awkward. It was like like a pedophile's dream. (laughs) And that is our review. (laughs) And that's our review of... (laughs) 
<laughs> Rocket Man. Produced uh, by Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> produced by probably Harvey Weinstein and Jeffrey Epstein. Um, like, dude, the way it would zoom in on the kid's fucking face, his face muscles, like, twitching as he's like, the bitch is <laughs> And then, like, dude, there's one moment where the whole choir drops out and it's like the kid gets the solo moment. He's like, <laughs> Bitch, <laughs> bitch. Like, dude. Um, it's it was so sexualizing of children. It was weird. That's our favorite kind of. I'm looking. I'm looking at the screen, and I can see the sound clip as I went. Um, are there any other shitty movies you you would like to talk about before we head out on this side piece adventure? Yeah, Bombshell. Oh God. Uh, was it good? I heard it was. From Democrats, amazing. And, <laughs> and, from, and from the rest of the world, awful. Yeah, that movie is like if you went on r slash Democrat fanfic. <laughs> like, dude, what a fucking just like liberal hellscape that movie was. Like, let's get Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie. First of all, this topic has already been turned into a miniseries with Russell Crowe. Has with, it? Yes, with him as this boss from Fox News. Roger L. So why we needed to do it again just with hotter actresses? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Why we needed to do it again? Not sure. Here's they had the... Russell Crowe in a fat suit doing Roger L. Same well, thing. this we had uh, we had John Lithgow in a fat suit. He, and... looked, he looked unwell. <laughs> Dude. He looked like the Baron Emperor from Dune. So the thing is, is the movie is not bad. The movie is exponentially better than I thought it was going to be. Who directed it? Was it like the big short guy again or something like that, probably? I have no idea. It's another but, one of these But now that you've said that, I'd be truly shocked if it wasn't the big short. Yeah, I mean... Who, who made the big short? Was it like fucking Adam McKay? Yeah, or even like... right Minners? I don't know. It's no. like some Jewy guy <laughs> takes brand new news stories and pornographs them into movies with Matt Damon and shit. Bombshell and was made by Jay Roach. Jay okay. Roach. Jay yeah. Roach of Dude. Austin Powers fame. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, that's because that's the person you want speaking on male right. and no, female but relations. Here's, here's the thing: the movie actually pretty good. Uh, Charlize Theron, phenomenal in the movie, like as Megan Kelly. Yeah, superb. Cool. Uh, Nicole Kidman, very good. Margot Robbie, pro, one of the better performances I've seen from her. Cool. Like, very yeah. good. We're always rooting for you, her. You have all Jeez. these great actors doing great performances, and by the... But, like, at the end of the day, it's a movie about Fox News being a toxic work culture, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> like, like, obviously that's what it is. Like, and, and there's need some... uh, Nicole Kidman to explain to me that Fox News is right. full of garbage. And it's just like, the ending was... It, w it did the exact same ending as um, Gerald's Game, where they set up one tone for two straight hours of the movie, and then at the end, they just have, like, this quick wrap-up that doesn't fit tonally with everything, and, like, dude, basically at the end, it's, like, this whole, like, women's empowerment thing, and then basically at the, at the end, it's, like, hey, nothing's gonna happen, but you're gonna get a $20 million settlement and, like, sign a non-disclosure agreement, and she's, like, great. And that's and then the movie ends. Okay. And then it just fucking ends. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So it's it's just like there's no way, 
there's no reason that movie need to be made. Like, no... Well, thank you for letting me know, because now I have no interest in watching it. Because it, I don't need any more, like, stoking the relations between these people in a negative manner. I'm just tired of it. It's just it's watch. just a Democrat jerk-off movie. Exactly. Like, like there's no there's no viewer of Fox News who's going to watch that movie for any reason like, other, oh, other than to shit on it. I've changed my mind. And there's no liberal <laughs> who's going to watch that movie and come out with anything other than, wow, I am right. Right. Like So, like, yes, Fox News, the worst. Roger Ailes, terrible person. Um, whoever played, I forget. Like, look him up in your free time. Someone. Don't watch wait, this Wait, hold on. I, someone played Bill O'Reilly in the movie, and it oh, was, like, what? an incredibly spot-on I can get Bill O'Reilly just to do it himself. Probably was him. It was shocking, dude, <laughs> how spot-on he looked. Whoever played Bill O'Reilly was unbelievable. Um, and also, Malcolm McDowell is in it, playing, uh... Rupert Murdoch, <laughs> spot on. What? Like, it just. Uh, it's I would just, watch it just for that. You get this, like a a a a plus list of actor list of actors. Mm -hmm. Which like you already know that Hollywood is such a like stereotypical like liberal circle jerk, right. and you get all of them to come in this movie that like nothing. There's no point to the movie besides to be like Fox News bad, but like we all know Fox News bad. Anyone who bought a ticket to the movie already knows. Yeah, hundred percent. I. No one, there's no hiding. I'm way left of any of the people made who made this movie. Hate Fox News. Think Roger Ailes is the worst. But still. Think Bill O'Reilly is the worst. There's just, I came out of that movie and I was like, okay, so like previously when I had read the article about this lawsuit, I, I had already seen the movie. Yeah. It didn't bring any new information to like. It was basically like they could have made a movie about like sexual harassment in any workplace. It didn't have to be on the backdrop of Fox News. Like, sure. it just incidentally was. And there are some moments that are, like, harrowing, where, like, Margot Robbie is, like, up in Roger Roger Ailes' office, like, really, like, making her pitch to, like, be a news anchor or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, uh, he's like, all right, well, like, pull your skirt up. It's like John Lithgow. He's just, like, in his fat suit, and it's disgusting, dude. <laughs> oh, it's, no, they, I saw him in the it's, trailer. It's he looks as it's, gross as they could ever make it, him it's look. It's, like... I'm not going to say it's not worth watching because it was a well-made movie. There was just no reason for it to be made because it's not shedding new light to anyone who wants to see that light. Right. Like, like my, my fucking ignorant stepfather is not going to watch that movie. Like, your parents are not going to watch that movie. Maybe an old man in a retirement home thinking it's a war movie would accidentally go yeah, to that. But like, that's as close as you'll get. The only people who are going to watch that movie are people who are going to get angry by it or people who are going to, like... Not in agreement as they pat themselves on the So back. what is your GGR for this mess? Like, as a movie, like, I'll, I'll give it, like, in terms of being a well-made movie, it's like a 7 out of 10. Like, it was an enjoyable movie. Like, it was it was well-constructed. But as a piece of but, like, in terms of like in, propaganda. Yeah, just, in terms of, like, what it contributed to the public sphere of art, it's, just, it's literally nothing. Yeah, like Fair enough. And, like, I know a lot of fucking, like, generic Democratic liberals that, like, I don't even want to recommend the movie to them because I feel like any... I can't see anyone watching this movie and being like, holy shit, we got to stop Fox News. <laughs> like, 
Did, did, you, did you guys realize that, that Bill O'Reilly, yeah, the mean, guy who got fired for, movies, for paying off women because he raped them, did you realize that they're not good guys? That's what movies used to do to ex, uh, like expose topics. Right. In the age but, of social media, yeah, this doesn't it's accomplish anything. Yeah. Which is why I was giving uh, all that hate to Jay Roach in the first place for like, or whoever. I don't know if it's Jay Roach that did the big short, but um, the bottom line is if you're making movies about topics that are extremely current, it's, yeah. it's you got to bring something to it. I'm so fucking... More than just like that. It's like... No, Adam McKay made... Adam McKay. The Big Short. The Big and The Big Short I hated as well. Yeah. Which, like, how do you fuck that movie up with that like, cast? I thought like, it was like someone just explaining something to me dude, for two hours straight. It's like... With ev- no characterization. How do you see watch the degradation of South Park having gone from, like, the most hilariously topical show on TV to completely sacrificing quality in the name of being the first to tackle something current? And then being like, let's do that with forty million dollar movies. Right. Like, I don't need to see a movie about. It, it, it was. Just like, it was like a waste. Like, it, it's like time. when United ninety three came out in exactly. like two thousand three. Yeah. It's like we just watched that plane fly into the ground just recently. Just. Yeah. Like it's just I, I hate when I'm not just not into it. Even Captain Phillips is is shit yeah, like that. Totally. Too soon, man. Dude, the Big Short. Come like, up with your own idea. And You're it's just like the poaching big, the, an the interesting big, the big idea. short conceptually, I understand because like it's a thing that completely decimated our country's economy. Yeah, but and as most, a pe- most people movie, most people don't understand what as actually a fucking happened. Fucking movie to watch. Just make a Netflix documentary and about it. It was Christ a really sakes. compelling fucking book. But a like, movie with Christian Bale, right? What the fuck? I don't. I just no. I mean, I th- I I see on paper like, there was like watching an audiobook. There was no reason I thought that movie shouldn't work on paper. I was very excited for that movie, and I was bored to fucking tears. Because like, if you're going to present recent events, teach us about the events. Don't fucking preach to us about the events. No one needs to be preached to about sexual harassment in the ro- workplace being bad. We know that it's bad. Like. I don't need to then have voiceover narr- narration to be like <laughs> oh, something so obvious. Also, also, yeah. Also, your boss shouldn't make you pull up your skirt to show your vagina to them. Ooh, yeah. I would have never thought to not do that until this movie. Yeah. So, the, but the but the thing is, they're approaching it from like there's forty percent of this country who loves Donald Trump, who like does need to see that. But and those aren't not the people who aren't going to watch the fucking movie. Anyway, uh, that was our review of the Big Short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, tune in um, next week for Are our. Are we done? Yep. For our next episode. There's so many other movies we've watched that I haven't talked about. Are we going to do another miniseries? I don't know. We didn't talk about Parasite. Well, you wanted to talk 40 we, minutes we, about Bombshell, we didn't talk so that's about what concussion. we fucking did. Okay. You're cut, dog. Okay. Save it for the next I, I thought you wanted to piece. talk about Parasite. I did, but we've gone too far. All right. Good. There's, only, All right. there's only so far you can All go right. on the side piece. All right. Everyone... Go watch Bombshell, I guess. <laughs> Dan's really off put right it, now. It's, it's, an, it's, 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 it's an election year. All right, stop talking about Bombshell. We're done with it's it. It's an election year. <laughs> um, when are the Oscars? Are they tonight? Tune in next week for our review of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Are tonight the Oscars? Tonight is the Oscars. Yeah. All right, so tune in to our review of a movie that might win a bunch of awards tonight. Undeservingly, so bombshells. Yeah, <laughs> and all the all the Democrats will be there congratulating themselves for making a movie that is essentially propaganda. Yeah, and fucking uh, John Voight will be there like protesting. Okay, people, we'll see you next time. <laughs>